Get ready. Welcome to College Talk. This is your host, Beth Brandon. I'm super excited that I just got to say that. Hello and welcome back. I'm back from a break, um, starting a new job and, and, and moving to a new city and uh, doing all of that in the sort of weird height of a pandemic uh, was tricky. And so I, I took a break and I decided to regroup. And I wanted to try and refocus this a little bit. Um, I mentioned before that I transitioned from doing pre-college advising to working with students who were in college and helping them get through college. And while I'm still going to do pre-college important information, uh, things about applying and paying for college, I'm now also going to be doing between those things during the uh, college application season, which is kind of like year round. Um... I am going to be doing series uh, with information to help folks get through college. And honestly, for those of you who are in high school and applying to colleges, this will also probably help you out too. So these could be good for anyone. Um, So before we jump in and I talk a little bit about the series uh, that we're going to be doing for the next few weeks, I do have a couple of cool, quick announcements. As you all know, it is the month of October, and we know what that means. The FAFSA opened up on Friday, last Friday. Um, So you can now start to fill out the FAFSA. And as always, if you go to podcastcollegetalk.weebly.com, there are free resources for you and you and you and you and... Uh, your parents and family members who may also will probably also need to do the FAFSA with you. Uh, If you have questions, do I need to do the FAFSA? I don't know. This is my life experience. It's different from the average student. Hit me up. There is an email section where you can type out your email, type out your question, click send, and right on the the website, it'll send right to me. So definitely feel free to use that. I do check that email and I do get emails from from folks. Okay. So the second piece of, uh, I don't know, announcement stuff that I have to do is sometime in late November, early December, we're going to have a really exciting guest on the show, and I'm super excited about it. And I'm telling you now because I'm going to be giving you little hints and and ideas of uh, what might be coming every episode leading up to this. So if you're thinking about starting college or if you're in college and you're thinking about doing more stuff after you graduate with a bachelor's degree, this is an episode that's going to be for you. So basically, I just described tons of people. Um, but but uh, as we get closer, that is going to start to narrow down. So you're going to want to listen in to these kind of beginning announcements just to see if, if this applies to you. Um, yeah, I don't want to make these too long because that's boring, right? I, I you know, if, unless I'm listening to a sleep podcast where someone is talking very quietly and calmly and without much movement in their voice. I don't want to hear announcements that go on for forever unless I'm trying to fall asleep. So let's be done with that and move on. Okay. So three, four, five week series. It's going to be on productivity. That's right. We're going to talk about how to make you into a production machine. You're going to be creating things left and right perfectly all the Wait, what? No, no. I'm sorry. Let me rewind. Take that that nasty P word out of there. Forget perfect. Because 
productivity is not perfect. In fact, the idea of perfect often is one of the biggest things that crushes productivity. So what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks is productivity. Absolutely. But we're going to be talking about how productivity isn't perfect and how that's good. So welcome to episode one of our Productivity Isn't Perfect series. Get your life together-ish. So let's define productivity. If we're going to be talking about it for this whole time, let's let's go ahead and give that a definition. Let's take a look at the Oxford uh, definition here, because we're very fancy here on College Talk. So they define productivity as the rate at which a worker, company, or a country produces goods and the amount produced compared with how much time, work, and money is needed to produce them. So that to me immediately makes me think very much of business or agriculture or, you know, I don't know, clothing companies. I'm not sure. Right. But it also, if you think about it, when you're a student, there is a lot of stuff that you're going to have to be doing, whether that's a high school or a college student, where you're going to have to be outputting a lot of things. Maybe that's homework. Maybe that's study time. Maybe that is working at a job uh, and, and doing well enough so that you're going to stay hired and you're going to stay employed. So, you know, there's there's definitely some productivity pieces that happen in day-to-day life, not just in, in business. So look, let's look at Merriam-Webster, all right? So they define it as, they have two here, the quality or state of being productive, or the rate per unit area or per unit volume at which biomass consumable as food by other organisms is made by producers. Well, that definitely doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. So let's look back at definition one, the quality or state of being productive. Well, how do they define productive? I know you were asking that. I'm sure you were. They define it as having the quality or power of producing, especially in abundance, effective in bringing about, yielding results, benefits, or profits, yielding or devoted to the satisfaction of wants or the creation of utilities. Creating. Creating good quality something maybe it's work maybe it's it's art maybe it's thoughts words right it's all of these things right you're creating them and they're of a high quality you're not just necessarily creating a bunch of stuff you're creating really good stuff so I'm going to recommend a few different books uh, and some different resources that uh, I've I've read myself to kind of help me be a little bit more productive And before I recommend those, um, any productivity book that I have ever read that has ever been at all useful to me and and held something that actually helped me become more organized, become more productive, whatever that may be, specifically had a disclaimer or somewhere said in there, not everything in this book is going to work for you. Please don't try it all. Or if you try it and it doesn't work, do not try to make this fit. Productivity is not a one-size-fits-all. We all think differently. We all solve problems differently. And, and we all move through the world in different ways because of our different life experiences. So what I might recommend to you is something that's going to work. Maybe the worst thing in the world for you to try or to do. And and so, you know, I recommend giving things a try. But if it really feels like there's 
you know, there's some adjustment discomfort, right? But if you've got growing pains, like it's like, oh my God, this is horrible. Maybe that's not the thing for you. So that's my big disclaimer before going into things. So the first book that I really want to talk about is The Productivity Project by uh, Chris Bailey. I remember I started reading this book. Um, it was after work. I had finished up with work. I went to the gym and I was like, cool, I'm going to ride like a sweet eight miles on the bike uh, while I read this book. Talk about productivity, huh? I'm getting my workout done and I'm reading to improve myself. And as I started reading this, um, I, I learned and felt very ashamed that there is a fine line between productivity and efficiency that often gets blurred. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that, but what I was doing was a mode of efficiency because yeah, sure, I was riding the bike and I was reading, but was I doing any of those things as well as I could have if I was just doing one at the same time? So the first thing I wanna talk about with productivity is multitasking. I'm not saying that we can't do it because we can, we see it all the time, but what I am saying is we can't do it well. And I think all of the three things that I'm going to recommend to you uh, are things that usually point to, you know, they say the same thing. It doesn't work well. We are not hardwired to be able to do and focus on multiple things at once, right? Right? Eating while you're driving lowers your focus a ton. You know, having the radio on lowers our focus a ton because we're not 120% zoned in on what we're doing. So even though the world has built up I'm going to say millions of distractions, right? Think of all the things that are on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Twitter. I don't know. I don't even know what social media things are. There's Snapchat. There's stuff, all sorts of stuff, right? Uh, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Acorn, uh, HBO. There's, There's millions of things that are out there just waiting and trying to distract you. And... To really be able to focus in a way that's going to let you be productive in your schoolwork, a lot of the times you're going to have to unplug. There are some studies that point to music or white noise really helping people focus. And I am one of those people who feels like music really helps me uh, zone out and kind of block around noise distractions outside of that music. But it's very specific types of music that I have to listen to. And there's also research that shows that that doesn't help. And so I think it's probably a case-by-case basis. And like I said, it's not perfect. Everyone has their own thing. So figure out if that's going to work for you. What I can tell you is that, uh, sorry to my old roommate, watching the Power Rangers while you're trying to study is probably not the best way for you to retain all of the uh, information in as a productive way as possible. You may get there eventually, but it's going to take longer because you're not doing as quality of a job uh, as you could be, right? And so that's going to impact how productive you are at retaining that information, at studying that information, finishing that paper, etc. So try to avoid multitasking if you can. It's not always doable. I totally understand sometimes all you have is uh, the opportunity to write a paper while you're at work and you're monitoring the front desk and you have to look up and greet people. It's going to happen, right? But if you have the opportunity to do things singularly by themselves, really focus in on something and avoid multitasking, nine out of 10 times, it's going to be the best way to go. I would even say 9.5 out of 10 times. Like it's, it's, it's way better to not multitask. All right. So let's move on to the next idea. 
organization is going to be huge when it comes to productivity. And, and I'm not talking about like my books are color coded or I've got them from alphabetical order with author, although that could potentially help you be more productive depending on how many books you use. So someone that I really, really like to utilize when I look at organization is, uh, I mean, you can watch Marie Kondo and, and, you know, stuff on Netflix and there's those minimalism or minimalist videos and, and those help you pare things down. But when it comes to organizing the material that's constantly coming in, which I feel like is a really great analogy for school, uh, there's a fantastic video um, by Thomas Frank. You may know him as College Info Geek. Uh, and he talks about his different systems of organization. There's a three-tier system, and we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about that later, as well as I share some other really cool organizational tips um, that I've done with students in the past to help them stay organized um, with their schoolwork specifically for different you know, individual classes. But earlier I mentioned there's that fine line between efficiency and productivity. And I was talking about that, that, that book by Chris Bailey, The Productivity Project. And in it, we really talk about, he, he really talks about, I wasn't there, I didn't talk with him. He talks about how efficiency is really all about getting as much done in as little time as possible. You want to be outputting standard stuff, but tons of it, very quickly. That's efficiency. How much can I get done in as little time as possible? Productivity is getting the important things done well in the time that you have. Getting things done well in the time that you have. Producing quality work, quality material, allowing yourself to do quality studying, right? And and so we often, I think, confuse efficiency for productivity. And, and, and in his book, the Productivity Project, uh, Chris Bailey really, really, really does a good job of kind of defining between the two different things and recognizing that sometimes doing less makes you way, way more product or productive than, than trying to do more and trying to do it all, right? Sometimes you have to drop some things. And one of the things for me that was really hard to kind of swallow that pill is that perfectionism piece. I should be able to do it all. I should be able to do things perfectly. And while I guess sometimes that gives me really good results, it also other times will keep me from trying things because I'm afraid of the F word, failure. And so when we stop trying to maximize everything and do everything perfectly, and we start trying to look at what can we realistically do with the resources and the time that we have, what can we do well, that change in mindset allows us not only to enjoy the things that we're doing and produce really good work, but it also allows us to find spaces for rest and recharge. And if you're not already following the Instagram account, the Nat Ministry, um, I highly recommend it. If you are a white person like myself, I think it's really important to follow that and understand that while the advice is amazing, it's an important piece for you to support that in a different way. Uh, for reparations and um, recognizing that we live in a culture that is very focused on production and I don't mean production in terms of productivity I mean production in terms of efficiency and that has caused us to do really terrible things to groups of people and still to groups of people throughout uh, 
throughout our history in this country and in other countries and, and basically any white European country. And, um, and we're still doing those things. And so as amazing of a resource as the NAT ministry is, I think it's also really important to mention that, you know, as you're reading this, you also need to make yourself aware that this has come about because we've caused a problem. We have created an issue. Um, and we've hurt people in trying to do this effective or efficiency uh, focused productivity or production rather than a productivity focused production. So recharging and rest is really important. We've all heard the words burnout, but I don't think that we get concerned or think about them in a way that's going to like, oh, it's never going to affect me. I'm fine. I've got a lot of energy. I'm strong. I can muscle through it. The grind culture, right? That's not a productive way to live. It's not a sustainable way to live. Eventually you're going to burn out and the quality of things that you're going to turn in is going to go down and that can affect people in a lot of ways. Um, It can kind of layer, right? So now I'm doing poorly in class and I'm not going to be able to get caught up. I'm not going to get my grade caught up because I've turned in two pretty bad papers or I've done badly on two tests. I'm not going to be perfect in this class. I'm out. I'm done. That doesn't help you get any further. It doesn't help you move through life any faster than, you know, if you were slowing down, taking less on and being more productive. Sometimes efficiency can really make people come to a grinding halt because you're not a machine. You're not necessarily built to be the most efficient, but you can be effective and productive. Sometimes that requires rest and recharge. So one thing I really like about the Productivity Project is that it offers a lot of really tangible Uh, activities to help you kind of figure out what productivity pieces work for you. And a lot of them are just trying to help you figure out how am I doing things in my life right now? Are they working for me? Are they not? Really great example of that. If you're working 30 hours a week, which I understand that you might absolutely have to do, you probably shouldn't try to be taking a full 15 hours, uh, 15 credit hour load. I'd pare it down. Maybe, you know, jump down to 12. Better yet, jump down to part time if you can and do nine. And, you know, give yourself an opportunity to do really well in those three classes rather than doing okay in five. Um, And I've said this before, right? College is a place to learn how to learn. And when you're focused on the efficiency piece of it, you're not really learning. You're kind of memorizing and then regurgitating the information and then it's gone after a while. And, you know, if you're doing that in the classes that really matter for what you want to do for a career, You can kind of put yourself at a disadvantage if you have to remember how to do something later and you don't have it anymore. So going back to organization, first, I always say it takes time to make time. So in organizing, you're not only doing that with like file folders or computer folders, but you're also going to have to organize your time. And at the end of the video, I'm going to tell you, and I'll tell you right now, there's going to be a link in the description in the show notes. Um... That's going to give you a a video that's going to talk about different time management options. And I highly recommend that you give that a watch because that's what we're really going to be deep diving on uh, next week. But in terms of organizing your time, uh, take a piece of paper, draw out three columns, label one sleep, label one school slash work, and then label one uh, free, open. For sleep, you're going to want to put seven or eight hours because that is what we should be getting to be maximum uh, productive. And then under work and school, you're going to put how many hours in a day you're in work or school. 
And then from there, in the other column, you're going to kind of write out what hours you have free. And when I say like what you're doing in your free hours, I should say, and I mean everything. How long does it take you to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? How long does it take you to commute to, you know, to school, to work, to home and, and back and forth and all those things, right? How long does it take you to take care of your pets, take care of your kids, to take care of yourself, right? What's your nighttime routine? What's your morning routine? How long do you take in the shower? Like really break it down. It's a little tedious, but like I said, it takes time to make time. And when you get through all that stuff, you can kind of look at it and you go, usually it's like, oh my God, I have three hours in a day to rest, relax, recharge, and to do my homework. And one of the biggest reasons it'll come down to three hours is you have to look at what you're doing in those 15 minute increments, you know, between your shower and when you're eating breakfast or between, you know, when you cook dinner and when you uh, eat dinner. And a lot of it is spent on our, our cute little smartphones, uh, looking at different social media things, which I get it. It's fun. It's good to stay connected. It's exciting to see what's going on. Maybe you create content and that is part of, uh, it's part of who you are and that's awesome, but it can really, really pare down the amount of time that you have to take care of yourself. And so um, kind of do that and just see what your day is broken down as. Give that a shot. Uh, another really great thing about that is some of those things can be considered dead time. Uh, and this is one of my favorite uh, hints or tips or tricks. I don't know if we want to call it. Uh, if you're utilizing an ebook for class, a lot of times those can be read out loud. Uh, they might have a read feature. If that's the case, um, when you're driving home from work or from school, you can play the read feature and have that chapter read to you. And then when you go to read it later on, because you should read it because you're multitasking when you're listening and driving, uh, when you go to read it, uh, oftentimes what you can do is look at the questions in the back and then skim through it. And you'll probably be able to recognize a lot of what you're reading because you heard it. And then now you're connecting it visually as well. Um, so it just kind of gives you an edge and you're using some of that commute time to shave off a little bit of time later. Um, but also when you're reading those concepts, it's not just brand new foreign to you. It's, it's something that you've seen before or in this case that you've heard before. So it's a little more familiar, which might open up more pathways to understanding. So that's what I would call using dead time productively. So originally we started talking about organization, then I got on this tangent. So we, we talked about organizing your time. That's a really good way for you to help see how you spend your time. Next week, we're going to figure out how to organize your time. The other organization system that I wanted to talk about today is organizing like physical things. And again, organization doesn't need to be perfect, but it needs to help you spend less time trying to find stuff or, uh, figure out where to put stuff, okay? Taking 10 minutes to go through your backpack and like throw everything out and put everything back in to try and find some homework, not at all productive, like 0% productive. But using 30 minutes on a Sunday to set up a sorting system, that's gonna be A, productive because it's gonna help you produce quality work later or a quality situation, I guess. But then also from there, you have that system set up once you have that. You can then continue to organize like that. It's going to save you a ton of time later. So the productivity and the efficiency can sometimes, like I said, there's a, a really fine line and it gets blurred, but being efficient for efficiency's sake is usually not great. 
being efficient in some areas so that you can be productive in others, that's where you want to partner those two things together. So if you make a really efficient organization system, that's going to leave open more time later for you to actually work on the things that you're trying to have organized. So uh, I think I mentioned this College Info Geek has a really cool sorting system and it's like a three tier sorting system. There is your like deep files or your static files, which would be older things or things that you don't get out very often. And they're in like a filing cabinet or like a, a binder or like a um, they have those plastic like file keepers. I have one for all my fun paperwork, uh, you know, adult paperwork. And, and so um, you could use those. Uh, then the next thing is a an inbox and that would be something where things are moving into and coming out of it quickly so you want to have a couple days a week where you're looking through the inbox and clearing it out and then you're sorting those uh whatever was input there uh quickly those few couple days a week um and then you have your transportable file which would be maybe like a folder that you have in your backpack and that goes with you when you go out, you collect your materials, you come back, you put them in the inbox. And then a couple of days a week, you take the inbox, uh, empty it out, go through everything, sort everything where it needs to go, potentially putting stuff in that deep storage. And that deep storage, you go through every month or every couple months and just make sure that everything that's in there is something that you actually need or that it's in the right place so that you can find it later. And I think that's a, that three-tiered system is really great. Um, we sort of use some of that in, in my own house. We have um, a mail inbox uh, on like a thing that we keep our Wi-Fi password and, and guest uh, uh, username and password for the Wi-Fi. And um, we we have uh, little inboxes for one for myself and one for Cody. And so whoever picks up the mail that day can just plop who's ever in there. And we need to check it a couple times a week just to make sure if there's bills or whatever, uh, we can grab those. And it just makes it easy and we always know where that mail is going to be. So, um, like I said, I also have a deep storage. I use that for exciting things like past tax returns, um, insurance, uh, my car loan papers. Um, Cody has a filing system for all of his important stuff. We do things differently because we're two different people who think differently. Um, but we all have, to, we you know, we have our, our organization methods. Um, and, and like receipts for big purchases. I keep stuff like that too, because you never know. And so like, that's what I kind of use my deep storage for. Uh, and, and Cody stores other things. Um, he's taking classes right now, so he may store classwork from previous semesters in case he can kind of use that as study material for later. Um, and so there are a lot of different ways and a lot of different things that you can store uh, materials, but it's good to figure out what works for you. So uh, that's like a really intense organization system that I think is fantastic, but is maybe hard if you're moving back and forth between uh, a residential hall or dorm room and maybe your, your family's home, uh, or potentially if you are um, at an apartment for a part of the year and then right back home for another part of the year, or you know if you're couch surfing or if something like that's happening, that's not necessarily a realistic organization method. So I'm going to talk to you about a method that um, works really well for students who are really busy on the move a lot and maybe don't spend a ton of time in their apartment or maybe don't have a specific structured um, home option, but they want to try and stay organized to complete their classes. And that requires a binder, a piece of paper, and a dry erase marker. So what you want to do is take that piece of paper and 
basically create a to-do list with a list like some boxes and then lines. And you want to slide that into the front of the binder. And on that plasticky little pocket part, you can use your dry erase marker to write out the things that you have to do. And then you can check them off and get as you get them done. So that's kind of your reminder, your planner, right there on the front of that binder. Um, with a piece of paper, uh, you can buy binder tabs if you want. But with a piece of paper, um, you can also just stick that in there. And then on the front, write uh, to do homework. You can write done homework, and then you can have like a notes section. And from there, you can um, organize your binder as such. And as soon as you get like a new to-do thing, and maybe it's the folder on the inside of the binder, that's all of your new homework. And then from there, you stick the rest of it uh, into that binder. And uh, I'm here to tell you, you don't need a three-hole punch to punch holes in paper you've already used. Uh, I don't think I owned a three-hole punch until I was in grad school, and so my binders looked a bit of a mess but they were at least organized. So that's definitely, you can just kind of like stick them on the things, the little binder uh, round clip things make, you know, you can use those to poke the holes too. Uh, let me just hit the microphone really quickly. So um, those are just two very different ways to do organization. One is very focused and organized and, and pretty. And then there's the one that I use that worked pretty well for me and got me through college and, and something that I've worked on with other students that's a little bit more loose and a little less uh, intensive, but still very effective. So um, try and figure out, you know, maybe one of those things works for you, but maybe you need to figure out your own system. Take a little time on a weekend or in some free moments and see what you can think of to work for you. Alrighty, uh, we're getting close here to about 30 minutes and I like to try and keep these between 30 and 45 minutes. So I'm gonna do my best to, to kind of wrap things up a little bit. So the last book that I really want to talk about, I've talked about Thomas Frank and College Info Geek. He has a, a, a book about studying um, and 10 Steps Earning Awesome Grades. He has a cool podcast. He's got a great website. He's on YouTube. Loads of free, uh, great content from, from him. Uh, Chris Bailey, The Productivity Project. It's a fantastic book. He also has his website, um, and that's alifeofproductivity.com. And uh, he talks all about productivity there and his project and the experiments that he's done on himself to become more productive. Um, and then this last book um, was one that I didn't find a lot of stuff in it that worked for me um, because I found myself often being like about the author. And it is a really good example of two people who move through the world differently and who think differently differently. Uh, and how productivity, how both can be productive, but it's going to be in different ways. So this one's called The Motivation Hacker, and it is by Nick Winter. And um, basically the idea behind it is not productivity in the sense of like doing really quality work, but finding the motivation to get yourself to a spot where you want to do that kind of work or moving past that, having the motivation to continue doing that. And um, there were a couple things that I found really useful. He talks about the success spiral by Pierce Steele and um, some other things like that. But that is a book that I, I would recommend exploring if you feel like you don't even have the motivation to try and be productive. Um, I'm a huge fan of libraries. Uh, a lot of libraries have ebooks or apps that you can use to get um, audiobooks or ebooks, watch TV shows, music, all the you know fun stuff too. 
Um, but a lot of these books you'll be able to get through a library, a local library for free. And you'll be able to write in them or dog ear them like I do, um, but you'll at least be able to read them and do so in a way that won't break the bank. And um, if you're not sure, like maybe like we talked about earlier, you don't have a permanent address. If you've ever had something shipped to you at that address, um, you can usually take a receipt in and show that and they'll usually work with you um, to utilize that. Basically, kind of going back, we talked about the organization, organ. <laughs> We talked about organizing your time. And uh, like I mentioned, if you check in the show notes, there's going to be a link to a video that's going to talk about different time management uh, methods. And um, and that is uh, going to just be some food for thought as we move into the, the next episode of this series, um, where we're really going to talk about different time management strategies and... Um, ways to create space in your day to get the things done that you a need to but more importantly the things that you want to all right so join us next time and we're going to talk a little bit about how we're going to get it all done how do we uh, find time to be productive so we're going to kind of hit on next week um, I do just want to say a disclaimer that so far all of the authors that I have recommended are uh, white and male, and I uh, don't love that. Um, but I think it's really important as you look at a lot of these productivity and organization and motivation books, a lot of the authors are uh, white or, you know, rather whether they're male or female. And um, I think this is an incredibly uh, white space because I do think the idea of productivity comes from... Um, that efficiency point uh, and is really focused in on uh, very individualized success oriented at the, you know, you know, at the risk of other people being unsuccessful or being pushed down. Um, it kind of comes from that. And so I'm hoping in this series that we can look at productivity in a way to create space for folks to find rest uh, and to recharge, especially um during this time when when mental health is still hard um, and there's a lot of stress and a lot of um, negativity out in the world and of course we're approaching the winter months which always brings up more um, so so next week we're going to talk a little bit about time management and my goal on that is really going to be to help people find space uh, and an opportunity for rest um, and and healing so um yeah uh, thank you so much for, for joining us. Full disclosure, I'm re-recording this because I haven't done an outro in so long, I forgot. Um, but as always, it has been a pleasure to talk with you here on College Talk.